Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Cool. All right. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Today on the line, we have Jackson Patterson, Colgate Lacrosse alum, now a senior consultant at ENY. Jackson, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. Let's do it. Um, Cool. So obviously, um, why I'm super excited about this one is just because you've had a really um, impactful journey, I would say, just to, you know, your journey to Colgate and, and what you're doing now and just excited for people to hear it. So I'd love to just hand it off to you and just have you kind of tell people about um, your path to Colgate and, and what led you to that program. Yeah, um, for me, just kind of playing the game of lacrosse came from my dad. My parents are both from Arizona and they moved out east um, to New Jersey area um, and ended up raising me in central Jersey. And, you know, I was always a big football, basketball guy growing up from like second grade on. And then in, you know, fourth grade, my dad came home and my dad actually was a banker in New York. And he realized that all these guys in the bank, you know, went to these Ivy League schools and they played the sport in lacrosse. And he had no idea what it was. He just heard all these guys playing it. He was like, hey, I think you should check out this game of lacrosse and see what it is. And I, basically in my head, I was like, sure, like we can try this out and see what it is. See what it is. But as long as it doesn't mess with football or basketball. Um, but no, I tried out for the you know, the Millstone Township Rec Lacrosse League in fourth grade. And I kind of just fell in love with the game. It, it was just, it's just a dynamic sport. It's, it's a combination. I think the best comparison would be, I don't even know if this is a fair comparison, but it's basically just like, it's football, basketball, and like hockey, I would say, kind of all pushed into one sport, right? It has, you know, aspects of physicality from football. It's very like when you play within the box, six on six, it is very, very similar to playing offense and defense. Um, from basketball versus shooting a basket versus shooting into the goals are kind of the only real difference. Um, and then from a hockey perspective, just like the hand-eye coordination, the stick skills, um, just kind of the dip that 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 aspect of the game as how I compare it to hockey. But I just kind of fell in love with it, right? I you know I was still playing football and basketball, but as I kind of matured in the game and entered into like the middle school ranks and started to play for club programs, I just got better and better at the sport. And it seemed like a real viable option. I loved it. Um, you know, it's played at some of the, you know, top tier colleges in the country from an academic perspective. Right. Um, and it just, it, it looked like a great a- access to me to, you know, to maybe end up at a, you know, a really amazing school. Um, and then in, in, as I kind of went to boarding school and started to really, really play the game at a high level and started to go to recruiting camps, I kind of made a decision my sophomore year that it was, it was lacrosse over football. Um, you know, I was more of a, a D3, D1, AA football recruit. You know, I wasn't going to go play at Stanford. Um, so, you know what I mean? So it was kind of weighing that option. I loved both, but like kind of what was going to, what, what could I play at the highest level as well as get the education that I wanted? That was my big um, thought process behind choosing the school, right? It was, I want to go to the best university I can academically, but I also want to play the game at, at a really high level. 
Um, and the recruiting process really started to pick up. And, you know, I had some offers from, you know, big state schools like Ohio State, um, which were high, you know, high class programs, but not the academics that I think I wanted for myself. Um, and actually in my recruiting process, so my dream at, at the time was to go to Princeton. So when I was a sophomore, my first letter in the mail actually was from Princeton, um, which was like a dream country. You know, my dad coming from, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, being the first person in my college to go to, to go to college, first person in my, excuse me, first person in my family to go to college. Um, his dream was me to go to Ivy League school. And the first letter comes in the mail for university was Princeton. So I think I had my whole mindset on attending Princeton. This was a dream. I, you know, I've only seen my dad cry like three, four times in my life. And mm-hmm. one of those times was when I went on my unofficial visit to Princeton afterwards. Wow. So, I mean, that <laughs> can tell you just like how important like that process was for me. Yeah. Um, but then they, the process kind of switched. They wanted me to take a postgraduate year. Um, and that was a lot to ask. I, I kind of had to weigh the options. It was Princeton wanted me to take a postgraduate year and that's going to cost my parents a lot of money. Um, on top of that, I, you know, had offers from Colgate and Dartmouth and a couple other, you know, really high caliber academic institutions and Colgate just felt kind of right. Right. They were coming off of, a, um, a quarter, the first quarter NCAA quarterfinal appearance, right. We had that year, 2012, when I was like making that decision, um, the, the Tawarin award, which is the Heisman for lacrosse was actually awarded to a, a Colgate attackman that year. So the Colgate pro- program was really high profile that year. They were playing at a really high level, and it was a great institution. Um, I don't think it's Princeton, but, you know, it, it draws comparisons to right below that from an academic perspective. Um, and it's kind of what drew me to it. So crazy program. So I kind of, like, weigh my options, and, you know, it's July of 2012, um, and I, I call up, you know, Coach Mike Murphy at Colgate University, and I call him late at – it's like a Thursday night and I call him, you know, I get his voicemail. It sucks. I'll be like, Hey, Coach Murphy, could you call me back in the morning? Um, and will you, are you willing to, I want to, like, you know, I want to have this message for you. I want to commit, but I don't want to say it over the, over voicemail. So he, um, he calls me back the next day. I'm actually sitting in the, the doctor's office and he calls me back saying, Hey Jackson, you know, heard you called what's going on. He thinks I'm decommitting or not committing. I'm committing elsewhere. And so he's like kind of very like, like somber on the phone, kind of sad. I'm like, Hey coach, like I just want to commit to, to Colgate university. And he's ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. It's like the greatest day of my life. Um, and then from there, right. I walk back into the doctor's office and I kid you not, this is like 15 minutes after me committing to Colgate university, making my collegiate decision, kind of like the culmination of all my hard work from third grade to now is like this exact moment. Um, and then the doctor kind of comes back to me and, tells me that I've been diagnosed with stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that was kind of like, it was wild and it was crazy. Right? And this is more about the, this interview is more about like the sport pro, sports process. But I think that moment, right. Kind of shaped me. But in response to that moment, two weeks later, when I kind of understood the scope of my diagnosis mm-hmm. and had to call my coach, just explain to, you know, what happened, his response to me was, you know, Jackson, I know I could, you know, you may never, may not ever be able to play, but you always have a spot in this program. You always have a spot on this roster. Colgate will always be your home. Right. And I think that right there kind of tells me and told me, right, that I made the right decision in my college choice, in my college, you know, commitment. 
um, in terms of a program that I want to join. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, there's just so much to take away from that in terms of, I feel like we often get so many questions about how do I make confident decisions outside of my sport? And I feel like anyone listening to this that has had those similar questions can take away a lot from what you just said in terms of, you know, you knew lacrosse was right and maybe it was time to put football and basketball on the back burner. Um, Something told you that, you know, Colgate was the right place for you, even though you had this dream idea of Princeton in your head, something about the culture, the coach, um, the community, what you would step into the support system um, spoke to you. And ultimately it was the right decision. Um, And with that being such a pivotal moment, I would, you know, love to hear about like, what was that road back to the game for you and how did it pan out across your four years at Colgate? You were a four-year starter, you were a team captain. So, you know, given your, your path to get there, you know, what do you take away from, you know, just the, the dedication? And I could only imagine how much hard work it took for you to get back to the game, but I would love to just hear your perspective on what it took to get back and, and what you took away from it that sticks with you today. Yeah, no, I think it, it took, honestly, I think, what got me through like, you know, the eight months of chemotherapy, the month of radiation, like the whole process of being sick was just the, like me being able to know that at the end of this, I would be able to play the game I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I mean, I don't want to undershoot like how difficult it was. Right. So like, I guess I was coming out of this like prime high school, like athlete shape, ready to go to college. And then when, after the, you know, the chemotherapy, I was like, they had me on a drug that like made you gain weight called prednisone. Yeah. Um, so I ended up being like, so let's say I went into being sick at 195. I came out at 235. So like I'm almost 40 pounds heavier just from the drug because it wants to make sure you're you're eating and you're healthy during the process. Um, so I come out 40 pounds heavier. I lost all my muscle. Um, so like from a body perspective, right, that took me six months, right, and it was really difficult. Like I I found like, an amazing personal trainer. He trained college athletes in the area near me in Jersey. And I did two days for four months. I mean, I would go at, I would go before class in high school and then I'd go to after school. And I did that for four straight months just to kind of rebuild my body and kind of get back to where it was. And it was extremely difficult. It's, it's really hard, right? Cause like in the beginning, like I'm used to like squatting all this weight and benching all this weight and like 15 body weight squats, you know, without any weight on me was killing me. I was sore. I couldn't walk the next day. You know, 20 push ups was harder than, you know, a year before when I was convinced 200 pounds. Right. So it was just a really, I think a, a mental process more so than it was a, a physical process. Right. Just being able to understand that like each day you have a one goal, right. There's, you have to have set these like tangible goals that you want to reach. And then when you get them, you, you go to the next goal. And I think it was not, it wasn't all going to come back in one day. Right. It wasn't all going to come back in one month. It was going to be a timely process. And I think wrapping my head around that, um, and understanding like the process it was going to take to get there. I kind of, I think really molded me, especially when I got to Colgate, because I think once I got to Colgate, I think what it gave me was a, a mentality, not that everything was easy, but that for me personally, right. Nothing was going to compare to that journey I did by myself. So anything with my teammates and anything like physical or mental from, you know, just being a collegiate athlete, I was going to approach that process similarly um, as I approached to recovering from being sick, right? So, you know, those sprints at the end on a, on a Monday morning, 6 a.m. practice, 
mentally nothing. i don't <laughs> yeah mentally it was nothing right it was hard let's not you know what i mean no one wants to run you know 600 yards at the end of a, a monday morning practice right no one wants to do that and it was physically daunting i think from a mental perspective though i think i just looked at it as like this is just the next step right this is just monday's practice we're going to get through this we're going to, we're going to do it the best of our ability and we're going to get to tuesday um and eventually that's going to build up you know build up and when it comes to game day you're going to be ready you know ready to you know attack and like just play at the highest level um, I think that it just built for me just an ethic of work, right? Just the way I, attack, I go about um, athletics, even personally, right? Just a mentality about one compartmentalizing things and understanding the scope of how important something is, and not just not over worrying or, or just over stressing about certain things. Just kind of attacking things in in these pockets and getting them done to the best of my ability and then moving forward. I just think it allowed me kind of in college to just a lot of the things that I, that I think some of my teammates rightfully so, right. They saw as really hard and daunting and kind of had complaints about, I don't necessarily think I had those complaints just because I was able to um, just put perspective on it in terms of what it, what it was going to give us in the end and just the step that it was going to take to get there. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think there's so much in there just about um, prioritization and then also being able to, what you just said, focus on the task that's in front of you, own it, and be able to move to the next one. Um, it it seems like such um, a small or just a simple task, but it is like a, a mindset that can go so, so, so far beyond the cross um, in your personal life, as you mentioned, even in your career, um, which I'd love to talk about now. So we actually just published a piece um, titled, Here's What Student Athletes Can Do Now. Because I think we're in a time where there's so many questions, we're all in limbo about a lot right now. Um, but ultimately, this is a great time for student athletes to reflect in terms of what their journeys are, um, how they can take inspiration from it to find passion points or skill sets in other areas of their life. And on the, we broke it down into three steps. In the last step, we encourage people to think about the culmination of their experiences, their passions, and how they can apply that through an internship, through an extracurricular on campus, through a creative outlet. Um, and so bringing this back to you, given your journey, the specific skill sets that you felt that you had gained through lacrosse, and then also this mindset and mentality that you had built up, I would love to hear about what that process was for you and ultimately how you kind of landed on consulting as a path that kind of fit where you thought, um, you know, this journey could take you. Yeah, I think, so I think when you're, especially when you're playing lacrosse, right, it, it, it's such a a finance driven sport and just the, the schools that play it, the, the kind of people that end up playing the sport at a high level. I think as a, a generalization, I think a lot of collegiate lacrosse players end up working in finance, financial services in, in, mm-hmm. in that area. Um, and I, I was also molded to go into finance based on my parents was working in finance. But I think for me, it was just the culture of the sport, right? So everyone was going to finance and everyone wanted to be a banker. Um, and I think when I was looking for something, I think I, I didn't know what I wanted to be, right? So, like, I think my biggest advice to anyone is that at the age of 20, 21, when you're looking for internships, like, we have an idea of what we want to be based on what we see, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, like, no one knows, you, no one knows you're going to like banking. Right. No one knows if you're going to like being a doctor. Like, you have no idea. Um, but I think we have an idea based on, like, the idols we see and just kind of what was presented to us. 
but I, I looked at consulting as a medium between the two, right? So I worked within financial services consulting. So I, I, I am in that finance space and work with traded products. And, you know, the, the work I do is, is related to finance. However, consulting gives you a, a, a wide range of skills, right? I am not pigeonholed into finance or into one kind of professional lane. I, I think I develop broad skills across the project that I'm, I'm allowed to be on as a consultant. And I think that's what attracted me to, right? It was the ability to not be pigeonholed and to be able to learn and have each project be a step towards a goal that I'm developing down the line, right? So each project I do, right, is different. I learn different skills on them, whether that's program management, presentation skills, quantitative skills, you know, technical skills, whatever they are. I think each each project allows me to learn something different. I think that's what attracted me to consulting. So when I was 20 and I'm like, everyone's like, oh no, you, you work in lacrosse and you're a Colgate player, you gotta go work, you know, you should be working at a bank. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I wanna do that. Even if, you know, the people around me are doing it, I don't know what I wanna do. And consulting, I think, was the, the profession that allowed me to not be pigeonholed. It allowed me, it allowed me to one, still be in finance because I was interested in, in it, but if, I, if in three years I decided that I hated it and I wanted to go work in, in Google and tech and do something totally different, it was possible based on the skill set that you got from consulting. Right. I think that's what I really wanted to do because I feel so often that people are just so set on these careers based on these institutional paths that we see put, put forth before us, right? Mm-hmm. You do this for two years, you do that for two years, and now you're here. Um, I don't necessarily know if I want to be that. What if I want to quit in 10 years and go be a lacrosse coach? Right? Like, <laughs> right. I, I wanted this, I want, and I don't know if I actually want to do that, but I wanted to have the ability to grow, right, professionally and to learn, right, because that's really important, but also to not be stuck, to be able to have these transferable skills that could, that could be put forth in a broad range of professions, careers, paths, journeys, anything I wanted to do, right? right. Um, I think that's a lesson I would hope to anyone. And that's why my kind of my pitch to consulting to any undergraduate or high school student, or even if you're, you know, 10 years into your career, that consulting just develops you in a way that allows you to just be transferable. Okay. And that's, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a universal asset and not, you know, one type of person. Optionality is key. Um, it's funny. I was just talking to someone about this and how that kind of applies in, in marketing as well, or any career path, just given, you know, the tools that we have access to today. But ultimately, my point similar to yours is like, don't put yourself in a box. Um, so even if you are going down a certain career path, think about what are the other avenues or lanes um, or networks that I can put myself into um, in order to kind of create a halo effect of, you know, what my personal brand is, the skill sets I know, and like where those can be applied. Because I feel like optionality is is so key. Like you're learning things that can apply to, to tech, to finance, to sports, um, or you could continue in consulting. But the point being, like you have that leeway to kind of choose which way you want that to go. So that's, that's super important. Um, so I would love to hear. So we've had a few... Um, athletes and consulting come on this podcast. So we've had Frank Toll. He was also at ENY. He played football at Brown. Um, and then we also had Solomon um, Mangham, who's at McKinsey, and um, he played basketball at Howard. And both of them really talked about 
the unique nature of work and consulting. So like the degree to which it's team oriented, the high level of demand, um, why it's so important to be able to take feedback and just the parallels they saw between that and, and basketball and football. Um, so I think for you, I'd love to hear, like, can you tell us about any similarities you see between your experience as um, a lacrosse player and the work that you do now? And is there any way that, um, you know, that preparation has set you up for success today? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is, is communication, right? I think um, consulting is inherently team oriented, right? Because you're not you're not consulting and you're not on a team that you would do the same job for ten years, right? Your projects range from you know six weeks to three months, right? And that team is going to get you through get you through that project, and you're relying on you know the more senior people to kind of give you guidance. And the people below you to kind of help you, you know, push you up and make you better, so the work is better as a whole. Um, it's inherently team oriented, and it and you're gonna you're gonna work with a wide range of personalities and people. And I think from lacrosse, right? What it really what it really gave me was kind of being on a on a team where you have you know people from California and Boston and Texas, and you have these different cultures coming together and trying to accomplish one communal goal, and that's you know to win the next game or to be the best team that we can be. Um, when you're doing that, right, you learn how to manage personalities. Um, you learn how to push back with your coach respectfully and um, have a relationship where, like, you know, by the time you're, you're – when you're a freshman, right, I compare being a freshman to being an analyst. When you're a freshman, you're taking all the guidance from the seniors. You listen to the coach. You're, you're kind of just learning the ways of playing, you know, lacrosse at a Division One level. And that's what an analyst is, right? You're coming in. You're going to work really hard. You might be super talented. You might, you know – comparatively to a freshman in a freshman lacrosse player, you might be a top 100 recruit versus you might be, you know, a 4.0 GPA coming in with, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> great quantitative skills and ready, ready to attack the ground at the analyst. However, you still have to learn how things go, right? You still have to learn how the team works, what the process is behind, what the process is behind, you know, getting our deliverables done, you know, comparatively, what's the process for how we run our offense in college, right? All these little things that you have to learn as an analyst or as a freshman, um, it puts you in that, that space, right? So, I think learning how to be a great freshman on a team teaches you how to be a great analyst, just from being able to communicate, being able to take lessons, being able to take criticism. Um, and then also from that, right, being able to show that you can do it then and you can perform and you can, and you can be part of this team. Um, and I think on the flip side of that, right, I think being a senior athlete, you learn how to lead. You learn how to communicate down and also communicate up to your coach. Um, when, you know, when the team's feeling, the team's feeling off, the team's not right. You have to be able to communicate the, the overarching message that, of the team back to your coach. Or if the coach is, you disagree uh, based on your experience and you want to push back on the coach a little bit, you learn how to have that conversation with your coach in a respectable manner because he still is your coach. Right. And I think that once you kind of develop, um, in your career at UI, I think that's what the senior consultant, a manager consultant is, right is being able to one manage down right so i have to be able to understand kind of the needs of my analysts kind of the role they're going to play in us getting this deliverable done um and then also be able to communicate up to the partners right so if i'm putting on this work and i'm really on the ground and i'm hearing things that a partner at a high level came here how do you respectfully push back on the partner um kind of and present your ideas in a way that's respectable right and i think you learn how to do that it's not as clear, right? It's not as clear cut as one in one, but I think as you start your career, you start to remember certain interactions you have with people on a team and different moments in your in your collegiate uh, career 
that kind of translate and prepare you. I think in a way you're not noticing why you're in college, but to be a professional consulting. Oh, a hundred percent. It makes so much yeah. sense. No, I like as you were saying, like being a freshman, like I was just thinking about all my freshman freshman duties, like we had to do the chairs for game day. We had to just, you know, do all the freshman tasks and the evolution right. of that up to being a senior captain and what that was like. And I feel like so much growth came from um, learning how to communicate or being the medium between the team and the coach. And I feel like you don't really understand the value of that until you're in the workplace and, you know, you're, you're, you may be leading a entire cross-functional team and you have to communicate what's going on to your manager or the other team, you know? So no, that's such a great um, parallel. And yeah, I definitely think back to like some specific instances. I'm like, I've, I've seen this before. I've dealt with this before. So no, that's such a great point. Um, so two more questions for you. So you interned at ENY heading into your senior year and obviously you succeeded. You're back, um, and you're full time and you're now a senior analyst. Um, so I'd love to hear any specific advice or keys to success for athletes that may be entering, um, an internship this summer, hopefully, um, or, um, you know, maybe starting people that are graduating, um, and starting full time in the fall, um, how did you feel that you were able to hit the ground running um, when you started your career? I think it's just um, sort of just take those little things, right? That, that ethic of hard work that you have in college and just figure out how it applies to the internship, right? So there's going to be like, there's going to be really little things. Like it's going to be, hey, we need this done, but are you going to take that that extra rep in the weight room, right? So like when you're in the weight room, everyone's like, oh, take that extra rep. Are you going to take those extra 10 minutes to just double check the work you're doing to make sure it's all right? Um, I think it's like, it's those really tiny things that actually prepare you and make you a better consultant or just a better professional. Um, it's just understanding every little minute detail and kind of respecting it. I think every coach in college, I mean, the details matter, right? right? Right. Like when we're running our play, like that extra step matters. Right. So the details in your work also matter. So just apply that, that attitude, that mentality to your work. Every detail matters. That period at the end of your email, even <laughs> if you know, you're rushing to type the email, take that extra minute to reread that email and make sure that period's there. Right. Cause it matters, even though you must not think at the time it does. Um, and I think that kind of will prepare you because well, there's one thing, right? No one expects you to know anything. Mm-hmm. Right? You're an intern. You're not supposed to come in and be a managing director. That's not what the expectation is. The, ex- the expectation is you for taking the information you're getting and then be able to regurgitate it and re- apply it to the job you're doing. Right. Um, and I think from that is just is just being very detail oriented and just making sure you pay attention to everything. On top of that, I think one thing we do learn in college um, that our peers who are non athletes don't really understand is time management. Right. Time management is so critical as an athlete, managing class, your social life, your, your, you know, the weight room, the extra film, the practice, just being able to, you know, you work probably 30 to 40 hours a week as a lacrosse or a collegiate athlete, you work 40 hours, 40 to 60 hours a week as a professional alone. Right. So now you have, you have these great time management skills since college, make sure you apply it to work. Right. So just managing the day, managing your meetings and managing, kind of the timetable of the liberals. Hey, take that extra five minutes. Hey, when would you like this done? I want it done here. Okay, let's manage everything, all of our tasks together and get it done so everything's on time and everything's detail-oriented. I think if you do those two things, I think you're just set up for success. Um, Because you got the internship based on your merit, but now it's just time to work really hard when you're in there. 
Yeah, do the work. I love that. All right. So um, last question. I always love asking our guests, uh, excuse me, our guests, what's next? Um, but I'm more interested to hear about, you know, how you think about like growth in your career. Um, so how do you think about the progression from when you first began in consulting to how do you think now a few years in? Um, so just love to hear about how you think about progression in your career and if you have any advice for, for people listening to this that they can apply on their day to day. No, I think for me, it's interesting, right? Cause it's like a, and I take this back to like the example for when I was, when I was sick and had to kind of like, you know, revamp myself and reprepare myself to be an athlete again and re- really work hard to get back there. Um, I wanted it all to come really fast and it didn't, right? It took time each, you know, each in, you know, interval along that, along that line to get back to where I was, um, with its own goal. And I think when I started my career, you know, I wanted to make $500,000. I wanted to be leading <laughs> teams and I wanted, you know what I mean? And right. I wanted to, I wanted to be kind of just the rock star. And I think, um, I, I was humbled in a sense, right? Just based on the project work and kind of doing the day-to-day tasks that the stuff that I thought wasn't mattering, right? Like with the little, the little small task that I was like, this is BS. I don't want to do this. Um, they were important and they taught, they, they were, they're slowly teaching you how to be consultant. So I think from a career progression type standpoint, I think I just look at it as though like each project, right? No matter what my perspective on it is from the outside, if I think this is BS work, it's not really developing me. It is developing me, right? There's some skill that I'm obtaining from, even if it's a data entry, just like a long week of me just putting a bunch of stuff in Excel, there's some skill I'm getting out of that that is going to come back, you know, maybe three years down the line, six months down the line, and be applicable and make me better at the next job. And I think I'm just taking that approach to each project, um, to each, you know, year as I go along, along my career of just finding um, that tangible skill that I'm gaining from each thing I'm doing. Um, and make sure I'm understanding and honing it and just honing the, owning the work. And um, I think for me, that's going to allow me to progress. Right? It's, it, it, is, it, has, it is what has allowed me to progress thus far. I, I can see myself on my project today, even doing simple Excel data entry work and like just knowing how to do it right. Just being like right. really quick on my Excel formulas, really, really diligent, really knowing how to check it really fast. Because I spent that, you know, first four months of that project where I thought it was all BS. I can do this with my eyes closed, right? <laughs> but now it's allowed me to be, you know what I'm saying? But now it's allowed me to be really good at my job two years later. And I think it's just kind of just respecting the process of each thing. You're learning something, even if you think you're not, you're not learning anything. Right. And just respect that um, and do it to the best of your ability. And I think as long as, long as you're diligent about work and kind of moving forward in, internally or externally, it'll come back to play. Um, and you'll be happy that you spent the time three years ago to like really just understand what you're doing when it comes back to play in the future. I think that's my best advice. I love that. It's all, all, all about perspective and just enjoying each step in the journey. Um, well, Jackson, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was amazing. Loved hearing about your steps from Colgate, what it took you to get there and just, you know, hearing your mindset as you approach each day in your career, um, really refreshing and hoping that everyone that's listening to this can take away some values. So thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I'm happy to be here. This is an awesome podcast, Kirby, and I keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. All 
All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple podcast, DM us or contact us on our website, whatever is easiest. We want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives and more pro tips on the way.